Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We are particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. Hi everyone, this is Stephen Mo. If you're working right now, I am willing to guarantee that the organization that you work for does not have as cool a name as the person I interview today. Kit Hendon is the startup activator at Ministry of Awesome, and she's going to share with us what they do and what it's like to be involved in helping entrepreneurs with their great ideas. As well as that, she had some amazing things to say about slowing down and actually getting more done when you take time out to reflect on what you're doing and why you're doing it. I was at an evening event earlier in the week at Exchange Christchurch, which has amazing food, by the way. And the speaker was from the UK, and he was engaging with the audience. And as he was doing so, there was lots of negative stuff coming out about the environment in Christchurch post-earthquakes. And I actually raised my hand and said, I felt like there was actually a lot of positive things coming out. And the example that I gave was Ministry of Awesome, and in particular, their weekly meetup called Coffee and Jam. And they're actually helping people who have great ideas achieve their dreams. And Kit is one of those rare people that you meet in life sometimes who just has an energy and a desire to encourage other people. And it's really infectious. And I think that comes through in the interview where we dive into a lot of different topics. Here's an excerpt from our chat. Yeah, I think because I'd had, you know, 15 years in my existing job and I thought, right, my who I am as a creative director of a design company, um, to sort of reinvent myself felt scary it took a a a bit of a courageous leap Mm. to do that um was there a moment when you thought i'm gonna do it yeah really i remember exactly where i was was walking in the forest tell us about that i was walking up in bowen Bowen vale forest i think i must have been listening to an audiobook Mm -hmm. and i suddenly just had the belief in myself wow i'm gonna do this yes went home looked up online started booking courses and yeah it was very exciting time That's really great. Yeah, it's been coming for a long time. Years, years. So I know you're going to enjoy that conversation with Kit, and I wanted to give a special shout-out to the other members of the Ministry of Awesome team because I know they work really closely together. So Marian, Erica, Gina, Imogen, and Lauren, keep up the great work you're doing. And as well as that, there's the Board of Trustees, Kyla, Jeff, Rachel, and Lloyd. And also it would be really remiss of me to not mention Lauren Merritt, who was the chief awesome officer for a number of years and did a great job at building it up. Now this intro is starting to sound like an Oscars acceptance speech, so we're going to move on. In the next episode, we're going to be doing something a little bit different, and that is talking with Mark Mbundo. He is from Kenya, and I think he has a perspective on Western culture, which you'll find really fascinating. I've also got about 10 other episodes that I've recorded, and I'll keep releasing them on a weekly basis. If you've listened to one or two of these episodes, then you've probably been able to tell that what I'm trying to do is something that's a bit counterculture, because normally when you meet people, it's like, can you tell me about what you do, but I only have 45 seconds. And here what I'm trying to do is capture stories in a longer form where we can actually go much deeper, find out what their childhood was like, find out what they've done before their current role, and also just ask that question, what does purpose mean for you? If the heart of what I'm trying to do resonates, then I'd really appreciate it if you could help spread the word and become ambassadors out there telling other people about the show. 
and that way we can get more positive stories and good messages out. And if you don't want to miss upcoming episodes, then hit subscribe, and in your app there's probably something like a square box with an arrow on it, and if you hit that you can send an email with a link to an episode to somebody that you think it might help. Now let's get into that interview with Kit. So I'm excited to have Kit Hendon here, who is the Startup Activator at Ministry of Awesome. Thanks for joining me, Kit. Excited to be here. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do in this podcast is just go through some of the things that you're involved in now. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, I wonder if you could kind of rewind and give us a little bit of your history, sure. where you come from, what you've been involved with up till now. Sure, sure. Well, um, I was born here in Christchurch. Um, I was raised on a, a diet of Shakespeare and wordplay. That was the kind of themes in my family a lot. Um, so during my high school years, theatre was a really important thing for me. I loved acting and um, even sort of dipped my toe into directing a little bit when I left school. But I learned pretty quickly that that wasn't the place that I really wanted to land. Um, I explored around a little bit and then um, did some odd jobs, worked for my father's software development company for a while and then I've discovered design I loved web design the internet had just begun and um, I wanted to be a part of it so I I did a course and then took off for London where I lived for three years and worked as a web designer and was lucky enough to see a lot of Europe at that time wow so what was it like living in London it was uh, it was very exciting it was very different it was busy Um, I I loved it at the time it was perfect for me in my early 20s I recognised quickly that it wasn't a place that I would necessarily want to raise children and and sort of carry on for a long time. New Zealand always felt like home Mm. for me. I I remembered in high school a lot of my uh, contemporaries and friends saying that they couldn't wait to get out of New Zealand, out of this rat hole. I never felt that way. I always really loved um, Christchurch and New Zealand, but I wanted to see the world as well. But I knew I'd come back. Um, and so I did, yeah, for about three years later, my mother died, and so I came back when I was, I was about 25 and spent the next sort of 10-ish years building up my web design and branding company called New Media Design, and that's what I've spent the sort of bulk of my adult life doing and loving and learning lots about business and people and um, just how to interact with people and create beautiful things online and in print, and I loved it. But I'd always, since my kind of mid-twenties, I think, had a fascination with people and relationships and happiness and consciousness and energy. And I just loved that. But it was a a hobby, a a hobby that took up sort of most of my spare time. I just loved reading and absorbing information around that. So it wasn't until my thirties that I started getting a bit more serious about this and doing workshops and trainings and um, got my coaching qualification and uh, qualified as a, a health coach as well as a life and personal coach got my NLP master practitioner training and then started working with people not just in personal stuff but a little bit in business as well and that's what sort of led me into this role with Ministry of Awesome because I was really excited about the space of social enterprise working with people in their sort of early stage business ideas and um, the position came up and it was just the perfect thing. It was one of those intuitive moments where it was an obvious mm, It sounds like it was, a, it was a great fit given your background and what, what mm-hmm. you'd sort of been naturally gravitating towards and had an interest in. Absolutely. Uh, in what you'd been doing before, was that all based here in Christchurch? Yeah, all of it. Yeah. I mean, a new media designer had clients around the world at, at different various times. And particularly mm. when I moved back from London, I kept a lot of my UK clients for a while. 
but I still had international clients, but I was based here in Christchurch always. I tended to travel overseas somewhere about once a, once a year because I just love traveling, mm. but based here always, yeah. yeah. It's interesting because I, I feel similarly that, you know, I moved to London, I must have been, I think I was 27 mm-hmm. or so, and um, even when I first arrived there, I always felt like, it, you know, it was such a great place to base yourself and travel and, you know, the novelty of getting on an easy jet flight or something on a Friday evening and being in Barcelona the next day, you know, like a couple hours later mm-hmm. and flying back on Sunday evening. Um, but similar to you, I always felt like one day I would come back to New Zealand. Um, can you unpack that a bit more? Like what was mm. it about New Zealand that was so distinctive for you? Yeah, it's an interesting question and I don't know right now that I can unpack it except that it's just a feeling it's um it's whatever that energetic um experience is of having roots Mm. somewhere Mm. I also was never dissatisfied with things here like some of my friends seem to be I did recognize later in life that when I traveled the world and went to sort of so-called beautiful spots I was sometimes a little bit underwhelmed and I only realized in all my traveling how beautiful New Zealand is Mm. I did take that for granted a lot when I was growing up and so seeing the world helped me really appreciate what we've got here and especially now the opportunities and everything that's happened I couldn't ask to be in a better place Mm. yeah that's really great I think for me whenever I get off the airplane and and look out and there's something about the light in New Zealand Mm. it it always was it it just resonated with me I always appreciated it Mm -hmm. Mm. I definitely remember coming back from London over Christmas one year and going to the supermarket and the person at the, the checkout asking me how I was doing and I was quite shocked because I'm not wasn't used to being spoken to by somebody in that situation in London I was used to everyone just ignoring everyone else mm. and that personal contact was just so lovely mm. I was like are you talking to me like what yeah so that was yeah I, I recognized that as being one of the things that made me feel like yes this is home mm. I like smiling at people when I walk past them in the street mm. I like that personal interaction I don't like the um, anonymity so much even though I loved it when I first arrived um, but to, yeah, to have my home somewhere that's that anonymous, I'm not sure that mm. that's really what I want. Because mm. it is, in some ways, it's a transient city, isn't it? There's people Very coming and so. going. Mm. Yeah, and unless you've got a, a tight group, like I kind of like feeling like I'm part of the community of Christchurch. Uh, I, I don't know that I would have felt that in London, mm. but mm, who knows? Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about what you're involved in now. So mm-hmm. Ministry of Awesome... You started that role a couple of months ago now? So, um, so about four, yeah, about four months ago. Yeah. And what did you know about Ministry of Awesome before you uh, saw the job advertiser got involved? Because, um, yeah, I'm just curious. Not a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I'd seen that Ministry of Awesome hosted a lot of really cool events. Um, I'd been to um, uh, an unconference over at Living Springs that they had um, been a part of co-creating, and I'd met some of the kind of key players at that time. Um, I I'd had been to Coffee and Jam three or four times, but I didn't have a clear idea of exactly what they did. But, yeah, that didn't seem to stand in the way of me knowing that this was the right next step. Mm. And also, I mean, I read the job description and it was it was me all over. It ticked all the boxes That's that right. you were looking and for. And, I mean, isn't the name enough? Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want to work at the Ministry yeah, of Awesome? Oh, I agree. It's, it's a great um, qualification, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I love, I love saying that I work there. Yeah. And just um, for those listeners who aren't based in Christchurch, yeah. you know, we might have people listening from other parts of the world. Can you give us a little overview of, um, you know, how it started and what it does? Absolutely. So um, it was about five years ago. 
after the earthquakes, um, there was a, a group came together and recognised that there were lots of people spread out mm. around Christchurch who had ideas, but they weren't able to put them into action. And so they wanted to um, help water the seeds of awesome in Christchurch and, and help to facilitate things to really get going. And so they, um, yeah, so what, what we do is we offer um, coaching and um, sort of facilitation with early stage ideas to help people with brainstorming, with next steps, with connecting them in the community, um, identifying who the other kind of important people around the space are. And we host events, um, networking events. Part of our mission is to um, help community come together and how, part of it is to help people with ideas to manifest them and get them happening. Mm. And sometimes that's just a case of directing them onto another organisation. Mm. And I think the the one that, or the event that people probably know here in Christchurch would be Coffee and Jam. Mm-hmm. That's a weekly event. Do you want to describe a little bit about what goes on there? That's right, yeah. So Coffee and Jam is a free weekly networking event where um, there's generally two pitches. One of them is a, um, a pitch of someone who's got a new business or um, a new idea that they're wanting to validate or just get the word out about. And the second one is more of an educational speaker to, to help people learn something new. Mm. It's also a space for people to get together and meet one another in a sort of supportive, um, casual environment. So there's lots of space before, in the middle and afterwards for people to to meet and share ideas. There's also an opportunity for people to give a little brief shout out for 20 seconds about something that they're doing, an event, um, a new coffee bar that they know of, um, if they're looking for a job or if they're looking to hire someone. Mm. Sort of a a classified board, you know, in a verbal way for 20 seconds. Yeah, and it's quite a collaborative community, isn't it? There's a lot of support for people standing up and saying something absolutely yeah people are very supportive in that environment and a lot of people just come down in their lunchtime just to find out what's happening in the city um other people are there specifically to network and and find other business connections so yeah it's it's a it's a really great thing it's been going for a long time now i think um 222 will be our um our number for tomorrow yeah that's great and so we've talked a little bit about Ministry of Awesome as a whole, mm. but your role particularly within it, um, it's an interesting title, Startup Activator. Mm-hmm. What exactly does that involve? Sure. So um, so my role is the, the coaching role. So people who have ideas will book a, a session with me, a free session, and we'll sit down and we'll talk about their idea, what stage they're at, um, what they're needing, what, they're, what the next steps are. Sometimes we'll brainstorm. Uh, that's the kind of personal one-on-one thing, but I also... Um, have a brainstorming group where anyone can come along again for free and talk a little bit about their idea and the whole group brainstorms together. Mm. A lot of people who come along don't even have an idea but they love brainstorming, like me, I love brainstorming. Um, And yeah, other people come along with their projects and sometimes they're brand new ideas and other times it's something someone's been sitting on for six months and they've written a business plan and they've actually done quite a lot of work. Mm. Um, I also facilitate uh, the Launch Club, which is a, a membership that people can kind of pay to join and they get access to a series of different workshops on all different aspects of kind of starting and launching a business and access to sort of exclusive networking events and they can come into our co-working space that we have for free for, you know, a day a week. So, yeah. That's great. There's so many different things that you're involved in then. It must be interesting to meet so many different people as well. Oh, love it. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to ask because um, this, this podcast is really about purpose mm-hmm. and about um, people who are acting with purpose and, and have that, uh, you know, that they've maybe moved beyond um, looking purely at a job as a, I get money from the job, actually thinking consciously, proactively about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wonder, you're meeting all kinds of people. Can you comment on that, the type of people you're meeting and, and whether you're seeing that? 
Yeah, I would say at least 80%, maybe even more. I, I looked at it recently on my sort of database. I would um, describe it as some kind of social enterprise with all of the ideas that are coming to me. And I um, I sort of see two different groups that come in. The people who I talk about as, as startups, um, and often I sort of identify the, these people are the ones who have decided that they want to be entrepreneurs or startups. They've read all the books um, they know all about how to launch a business. They haven't had an idea yet, but they know this is what they want to do with their lives. Um, and they're less likely to be in the social enterprise space. And then there are the other people who have just had an idea. They've, they've found a, a problem and they've come up with a solution and they're like, oh my God, I, I could do this thing. Well, hang on, I don't know anything about business. Mm. What am I going to do? And then they come along and they are more likely to be in the social enterprise space. Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. And there's a, a huge, a huge number that are coming through. Um, a lot of people as well who have um, sort of been in the rat race, if you like, and now they're out and they're sort of starting to think, what do I really want to do with my life? Mm. And so that could have been um, those people, I mean, just broadly speaking, they would have gone through something that caused them to, change their focus maybe or what what do you find for people like that who've been in what you you know talking about the rat race or mm -hmm. conventional jobs or whatever um yeah what is it usually that has caused them to have a shift in focus I would love to be able to answer that if I was um involved with personal coaching with these people but because I'm not and they come in for a half hour maybe an hour long session we generally don't go into that but from what I can guess it's actually it's not so much that they've necessarily had a big life event, but they've had the opportunity to stop. So a few of them, um, there was a guy that I saw recently who is a stay-at-home parent. And so he's got a lot of space and time. Well, maybe he doesn't actually, maybe he's completely overworked. But he seemed to have a bit more space and time to think about what it is that he actually wants to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know his history. Maybe there are other, other parts of it. But I do think that if we're given the opportunity, like if we go away on holiday and we just sitting in the middle of the rainforest, we have the opportunity to kind of have those deeper questions like, what do I really want to do with my life? Mm. Or it could be, you know, the death of a loved one or a big accident or an illness, like those are other catalysts yeah, to, to make change. Yeah, some events that causes that, mm. yeah. And so in this role, you're meeting lots of people here in Christchurch. Just um, curious on your reflections on where things are at now, you know, several years after the earthquake and, um, you know, there's lots of ideas out there you're seeing that mm -hmm. um do you have any comments on Christchurch as it is yeah I mean social enterprise really seems huge mm. um at the moment what I'm loving uh, another thing that I missed before is that we're um teaching a five-day workshop for Christ College boys at the moment called Lab 5 mm. on social entrepreneurship so they come in Monday to Friday and they learn all the different aspects one of the things I love about this is that right at the beginning we say like that that the old way of business is just doing business to make money and the new way is is there's always some sort of impact some sort of purpose you know some sort of way that you're doing good mm. i love that they're learning that this is i say mm. it like it's a fact you know yeah. this is the this is the new way and this is the old and way this is what we do and so what age would these these are 14 boys, year olds 14 wow yeah yeah so yeah. that's pretty young to be getting these messages isn't it it and, is and some of them really get it and some of them don't quite but yeah they will so I, I love I love that the new ones that are coming through are, are learning that this is the new way of doing things. Mm. You wouldn't even consider. And, and just to be so young to be exposed to that way of thinking, you know, like probably in our generation, that would not have happened. You know, it, it would have, there would have been different role models and different um, drivers, I guess, that, that would have been the norm. Yeah, and there wasn't even really a name for it. Like you may you may have started a social enterprise when you were young, but it was just it was just by the by. And now it's like, oh, how can I give back here? Mm. You know, what, yeah. what kind of impact is my business having? 
that's a question that should always be asked. Mm. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be huge. It could be one small aspect, but there's got to be something there. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. And I, I love the statistics, you know, like that you're saying you're seeing a majority of people coming in with this thought that it's more than just the money. It's actually acting with purpose or you know, starting a social enterprise. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's a very it's a very exciting space. Yeah. And so let's step away um, from that, talking about other people. Mm-hmm. Just for yourself, um, you know, making it a bit more personal, how do you act with purpose? And, and do you feel like this role is something that, that lets you play that out? Or, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Um, yes, this role is is part of that. But I think acting with purpose is something that one has the opportunity to do every day, everywhere. Um, so it's it's being the change you want to see. Mm. It's um, it's also acting with purpose with the way that I interact with the earth and trying to, you know, leave the earth better than I found it, if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly in my personal coaching, um, I'm asking clients to be courageous and be integral and honest. So it's... Um, yeah, it's important for me to be able to. You've got to, to be walk consistent. <laughs> That's right. So I feel like I have a responsibility to to always try and also be courageous and you know act with integrity. Mm. So yeah, um, I am I am given that opportunity and also to to inspire if possible mm. Mm. to inspire people to um, shine their light. Mm. Mm. Well, it's a unique opportunity that you have, I think, to actually be feeding into these young people mm-hmm. who have great ideas but maybe aren't sure what the next steps are and I like that philosophy that you know you you may not have the answer for them but you can point them in the right direction and mm. well you need to speak with these people or go talk to that person absolutely yeah. and I think for me I was lucky enough to have some mentors in my life that have really believed in me and really sort of seen the um the light in me and that's been quite a profound experience so I really want to to pass that on mm. and sometimes even in a business coaching um, aspect, just listening to somebody and believing in them is enough to make them feel like they can they can do it. Mm. So yeah, it seems like a simple thing, but I think it's quite important and quite profound. Mm. It's and part of I think it's part of my purpose is helping people to switch their own lights on. Mm. That's great. And just thinking about the mentorship side of things, um, what what is it that those people fed into your life, or what was it that was it that they made time for you or was there words that they said or looking Mm. back now um what is it that thinking about the the people who've been those mentors for you what was it that you appreciated about them it was um, it was their belief in me Mm. they saw something in me that i wasn't ready to see that was kind of in my shadow and um and just kept seeing me through those eyes and it made me feel like I could live up to that mm. or I could strive to live up to that um yeah it's in, it's interesting isn't it because I think so often we do have self-doubt and aren't really sure of what what we're capable of and it takes someone else telling us what we're capable of for us to achieve it, Absolutely. it, it it's almost like oh I could do that you know unless someone else articulates it mm you can go through life and not really be aware. Yeah. Yeah. And so is that something, um, you know, with relationships with younger people, is that a conscious effort on your part? You're looking for ways that you can... Not just with younger people, with with mm. all people. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't say that I do it every second of every day at all, but that's what I strive to do. And certainly when I'm switched on in, in coach mode, mm. um, yeah, that's that's a lot of my intention is to is to believe in people 
and to encourage them and to give them support and make them feel like, hey, I've got your back. Mm. You can do this. You don't even need me, but if you do, I'm here. Mm. Yeah. Mm. There's something about that support, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. the, you know, the interdependence and the, having someone else there with you. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. So I'm just thinking back um, when you look at your life, you know, you've, you've lived in London, you lived here, you've traveled, you've done a variety of things. Just thinking about some things that you may have learned from along the way, um, particularly maybe failures or, you know, I kind of, the reason for this question is that I don't think anything is actually a failure. Agreed. Whatever it is that, um, you know, that society or other people may say, usually those are the experiences that I learn the most from. And it's the good times and the so, you know, so-called uh, no problem times that I was just sort of coasting along. And, and so I'm just curious from, from, you know, looking back at your life, are there any examples that you can give of that? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I completely agree. In, um, in the NLP world, we say there is no failure, any feedback. And I absolutely live by that. I, I don't think I ever really used the word failure. Everything is a growth experience. And um, yes, I've been lucky enough to have plenty of growth experiences <laughs> in my life. Um, thank God. Yeah, what, what would they be? I mean, I think a lot of it is learning that I do my best work. I'm the most connected with uh, myself, with other people, with the earth, with community. When I slow down, um, I've often fall into the trap, and I haven't actually 100% nailed this one yet, Sure. Um, of thinking that by multitasking and rushing around and doing a million things that I will, I'll get more done. And it isn't the case. When I stop and take time to breathe and review and assess um, or just to do nothing, that's when the creative ideas come. Mm. Um, that's when I really feel tuned in and connected. So breathe, slow down. And also I think to identify what are the moments of joy that I'm having and how can I expand on those and learn all I can about those things and do more of that in my life. Because I think for me that's part of purpose. You know, those moments where I feel totally joyful, that's when I'm on purpose. And if we can all tune into those moments then um the, the world will be saved basically mm. our, um you know our bodies will naturally heal themselves um there'll be yeah there'll be kindness and connection and community if we can just tune into those moments mm. um so there were times definitely in my life where i kind of slogged away doing something because i felt i should and um and i didn't need to mm. but that's so, okay i needed to do it to learn that yeah so actually slowing down helps you speed up in some ways, in if some you, ways. you know like it's the Almost like the opposite. That's right. It speeds up um, growth. I'm, I'm too busy to take time out to mm-hmm. um, reflect and work out what I should do next because I'm too busy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think the Dalai Lama has a, a nice quote. Is it the Dalai Lama? Anyway, it's something like if you meditate for an hour every day or if you're too busy to do that, meditate for two hours. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is about the priorities, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that leads us nicely to the next question. I was just mm-hmm. thinking about inspiration. And um, where, what, is, what are some of the things that really get you going and inspire you? Mm. Well, I read and listen to a lot of books um, on the, the space of um, relationships and connection and energy and that sort of thing. And it really um, inspires me a lot. YouTube clips, the mm-hmm. same. Um, what would be some of the books that you would recommend to people, you know, if they... If you had, uh, you're on, you know, Desert Island time, <laughs> what would be some of the the ones that you've felt have had an impact on you? Yeah, interesting. Now I'm just drawing a blank. The The last few interesting, I'm reading a Simon Sinek book at the moment. Before that, Rethinking Narcissism was a fascinating look at the spectrum of narcissism and, and how it's mm. quite important in a lot of aspects. Um, 
the willpower and strength before that. Because Simon Sinek has just to pick up on the first one you mentioned. Mm. Is that the one, the power of why? Yes. Or, yeah, because that's, I mean, that YouTube clip has gone around, but it's really fascinating stuff. I use that quite often mm-hmm. with people that I'm meeting, saying, "Well, you know, you can get your what and your how you're doing it right, but if you're not got your why, then mm. yeah, absolutely." Um, I saw a, a YouTube clip the other day. I wrote down the, the facts in it because this was something that really inspired me and this is a space that I um, I want to enlarge upon and mm-hmm. part of what I sort of share with people. And it said that um, the giant panda is no longer endangered. China has announced plans to end the ivory trade. The ocean cleanup project will clean 40% of plastics in the ocean starting next year. The manatee is no longer endangered. China has put a ban on new coal mines and 15% of their economy will use renewable energy by 2020. A drone called Juno flew over 445 million miles to orbit Jupiter and learn about the origin of the solar system. Canada protected 85% of the Great Bear Rainforest, part of the world's largest temperate rainforests. I mean, it goes on, there's another five or six things, but it's it's the hope. And it gave me, once I'd finished listening and watching this, I, I tuned into that moment where we actually get to the tipping point and we realise as a society, we've done it, we've turned it around, we've actually saved the earth, it's all going to be okay. And I don't feel like we hear enough of those things, that mm. hope that actually there is good stuff happening, there's so much negative press out there. Um, so that's something that really inspires me, the stories of good mm. and um, and spreading that goodness and that hope, that's, that's really important to me. Is that because you think the... What sells newspapers isn't the the good news stories. Absolutely. Or? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't I don't read them myself, but I I do see a little bit of that sort of thing on Facebook. Mm. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's interesting. And what other things are you involved in? Is there anything else? Involved in, in what way? Extracurricular. Yeah. I mean, so we've talked about Ministry of Awesome. Sure. Um, and you mentioned you had a business. Are you still involved in that as well? Or? That's right. Yeah. So mm. uh, New Media Design is um, the design company that's still running that I set up when I got back from London, mm-hmm. um, which is a branding and web design company. I still love doing that, like keep my, keeping my hand in that. And I've had a few other businesses over the years, um, mostly in the kind of superfood nutrition space. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought four was a bit too many to to handle, so just just two. Yeah, just two is good for now. Too many balls in the air to juggle. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there's already enough balls with everything else that happens in life and children yeah. and yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I've invented a time machine, and mm-hmm. it's right over here. If you could go back in time and give yourself your younger self some advice, um, you can choose who you're giving the advice to. Maybe it's you as you arrive in London, or just leaving to come back here mm. what what are some of the things that you might say to yourself well again I would say to slow down mm-hmm. um, I would I think I would like to to remind myself to be a part of of something of some community any kind of community I feel like I waited quite a long time to get out into Christchurch after the earthquakes and get involved mm. and I spend a lot of time working hard at home in my office and feeling like there wasn't much going on and there was heaps going on. Mm. Um, so, and even before that, you know, be involved, whether it's in the yoga community or the singing community or whatever whatever community it is, that sense of belonging that we all need. Um, there have been times in my life where 
um, yeah, I felt, even though I may have been sort of in a relationship and have a small group of friends, that, that sense of belonging to a wider community wasn't there. I think that's, that's important. Um, and again, to remind myself to look for those moments of joy and expand on that. Mm. I'd also like to get into, um, I would have liked to get into the coaching earlier. It's something that I, I wanted to do for years and it took me a long time. Um, I think just because of my own self-belief. Mm. So I would like to to maybe give myself a sneak peek of the future mm. and, um, and and maybe fast forward that. Right. And, and sort of what the potential was there, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. That's right. And what were the barriers to, to getting into that sort of mentoring thing? It was just the self-belief that, that this would be too hard? Or? Yeah, I think because I'd had, you know, 15 years in my existing job and I thought, right, my, who mm. I am as a creative director of a design company, um, to sort of reinvent myself felt scary. It took a, a, a bit of a courageous leap mm. to do that. Um, was there a moment when you thought, I'm going to do it? Yeah. Really? I remember exactly where I was. Oh, okay. I was walking well, in the forest. Tell us about that. Yeah. I was walking up in Bowen, Bay, Bowen Vale Forest. I think I must have been listening to an audiobook, mm-hmm. and I suddenly just had the belief in myself. Wow. I'm going to do this. Yes. Yeah. Went home, looked up online, started booking courses, and yeah, it was a very exciting time. That's really great. Yeah, it had been coming for a long time. Years, years. It's interesting how it can be coming for a long time, and then there's a distinct moment that you remember that oh this is it because I think a lot of people probably listening you know maybe they've got an idea or they've got something that they've been thinking through maybe I should do it maybe I shouldn't Mm -hmm. and there can be lots of barriers as we discussed to actually taking that step and going no I'm gonna launch out yeah yeah and sometimes you can wait for the moment I mean I did have that moment but sometimes you can wait for the perfect moment and it's never going to line up you know perfectly um so you just have to Go for it. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel about this podcast. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'd, I've been thinking about it for a while, wondering if I should do it. And I just thought, I've just got to try. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. You know, it just to have the, to change my own attitude about mm-hmm. what success is, I think, was key. You know, just having this conversation with you, I mean, you know, I've learned something just by talking to you. So even if it doesn't go anywhere else, that's okay. Absolutely. You know, and, and to be satisfied. And I, I like what you said, you know, that just slowing down and, not feeling like you have to be busy, busy 24 mm. seven. Cause I think in our culture today, whenever I, you know, whenever I meet someone and they say, Oh, how are you doing? The automatic answer is, Oh, I'm busy. Mm. I'm just so busy. But I wonder, I've been reflecting on this a lot. I wonder if when people say they're busy, do they mean I'm busy because I'm watching a couple hours of TV tonight and I'm busy because I'm checking Facebook and you know, like, there's busyness and there's busyness, isn't there? <laughs> Absolutely. And if somebody was busy completely on purpose, mm-hmm. doing a million things that they loved doing, would they still describe it as busy? Or would they say, oh, my God, it's awesome. I've just got so much on. Yeah. Um, or is and it- that comes back to the passion point, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, finding this source of joy mm-hmm. and amplifying it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'd call it busy if it was completely awesome all day long. Mm. Um, and I have been, funny you say, I've been noticing myself say busy a lot recently and consciously trying to find other words. Mm. Um, I'm yeah. abundant. It's been an abundant day. Yeah, right. You know, it's full. <laughs> My life is full. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it, I think it'd be great if we could start a, a new culture, a new a counterculture of, Rather than just saying, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. Because I think that's the, that's the cultural thing. We, we say it because we, that gives us value. Mm-hmm. 
because we're so busy. You know, yeah. we, we haven't got time for anything else. But actually, I think what we're, what we're talking in, in our conversation is actually slowing down, making time for other things, making time for other people, that will lead to a richer existence. Absolutely. And mm. I think we're, we're starting to figure that out slowly as a culture. Mm. Um, but it's baby steps at the moment. It'd be nice to speed that up a Move little Move it bit. along. Yeah. 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 And I think, yeah, that was, that was what was a little bit frustrating about taking such a long time for me to get into the coaching because I knew for a long time that I wanted to help. Mm. I wanted to be of service. Like making pretty websites is... It's great, but what am I really yeah. doing for the planet? Yeah, sure. And so there was this need in me that wasn't being satisfied, but I didn't quite know what the outlet was. And to have to just sort of twiddle my thumbs and patiently wait for the inspiration to hit was frustrating. Mm. Um, then when I realized that I wasn't waiting for inspiration, but motivation or, or the belief in myself, um, I think that was that moment in the forest. I finally gave myself permission to do what I knew I wanted to do. Mm. Um, and now, phew. I feel like I'm I'm starting to actually be of service. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. It, it's just wonderful to hear your journey and, you know, having participated a little bit um, in the sense of I've gotten to know you since you started at Ministry of Awesome, mm-hmm. you know, just seeing the way that you're connecting with people and helping them and, you know, the 14-year-old kids who would never have known about social enterprise, you know, it's great that you can really be involved in so many areas yeah i feel very fortunate to be able to yeah Yeah. so if people want to connect with you um what's the best way for them to do that um they might want to reach out to you absolutely i mean well you can reach all of my various different things that i'm up to at my website Mm kithinden.com k-i-t-h-i-n-d-i-n okay perfect yeah and um, ministry of awesome has a website as well ministryofawesome.com yep Absolutely. Cool. And coffee and jam every Tuesday. Is there any plans to change it or it's Not just going to be there? No, I'm yep. pretty sure that's locked down. Yep. Tuesday, 1230 at Epic. Yep. All right. Well, it's been a real pleasure to have you come on. I really appreciate your time. And yeah, it's been thought, you know, thought-provoking discussion. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Stephen. It's been great. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kit. I know for me it captured at least a little bit of the energy and love of life that Kit brings to every conversation that I see her engaging in. And she's a real example of somebody out there being an encouragement to others. So keep up the great work, Kit. And I think we can all learn something from that interview, particularly maybe around slowing down. Now, next week, we get to chat with Mark Ambundo, who's from Kenya. And he lives in New Zealand now and has been here for almost a year. So he has some real insights into Western culture. And I really enjoyed talking with him because I felt like he was holding up a mirror to our society and observe things that you and I probably would never even notice. Here's an excerpt from that interview. The experience of community is different from what I'm used to. Uh, I'm used to going home and on the roads, children have come from school, they're playing outside, and and there's just a lot of human people around. In New Zealand, people, I just see cars, and they see people in houses. In fact, the other day we were talking about my wife and saying, when it's time to collect the trash, we see the rubbish bins out. We don't know who brought them out. You come in the evening, they've been taken back. Who took them <laughs> back? You know, I mean, where are people? But when you go to the malls, you see people. Mm. But when you go to the neighborhoods, people are not outside. So even for us, it took time to just adjust mentally that idea that people are not as available as we normally were used to. I really enjoyed that conversation with Mark, and he had some insights that I think you'll find are really fascinating. If you don't want to miss out on that and other upcoming episodes, then hit subscribe. If you enjoyed the content of this episode, 
then check out some of the previous ones and consider telling someone else about it. And I just wanted to say thanks for those who have reached out and given some feedback. It actually makes it really worthwhile to know that somebody's actually listening to these and that it might actually be encouraging someone out there to make decisions in their own lives. So thanks to those who have reached out and let me know that they think this podcast is something that's worth continuing. Until next time.